Hello, and welcome to Episode 5 of Inner Space. How are you today, Rachel? I'm good, Emily. How are you today? I'm doing well, but I think we're both having a very, um, I don't like the word busy. I think I'll say we're both having a very full month. Yes, definitely a full month. It's been a lot of excitement. (laughs) Yeah, but I'm excited about this episode because this is both of our favorite room in the house. It is. It is. It's It's the room where everything happens. So let's talk about the kitchen. Let's talk kitchens. It's it's the heart of the home. It's the hub of all activity. This is where people, um, it, it, it's a multifunction space. People use it for their office, for homework for the kids. Um, it's an organization center, a gathering space, a crafting space, a sewing center. It just goes on and on. Wow, amazing. So what, it, what comes down to for this space is that it's it needs to be able to perform multiple functions. In all the kitchens that I've designed, I have never designed a kitchen that was solely for cooking or food preparation. I don't know if I like that. Really? Yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm having a little struggle with this concept, but I guess it's really interesting to me because I've never had a big kitchen in my life and I'm really into food. Mm-hmm. And, and so is my husband. We love to cook. Um, and also I was thinking by the by the way, regarding food, that it's kind of funny that even though the kitchen is our favorite room in the house, we have very different food tastes. We eat very differently. Mm-hmm. So I just thought I'd throw That's, that in. Yeah. There. Yeah. But um, I don't know. It's There's something about keeping it to a single purpose that appeals to me. But I'm interested to hear your ideas on all these other possible you know, ways of using it. Actually, I have to be honest. That appeals to me as well. And while I, I definitely try and work really hard to make sure that a kitchen is able to function for those different purposes, I'm starting to wonder. I'm seeing kitchens growing larger and larger, and they're taking over the house. Mm-hmm. And I'm wondering, at what point are we going to see kind of the big bang mm. <laughs> in the home where the kitchen just explodes and it goes back to being small, right? independent yeah. spaces used for their functions? I guess for me, it's the, what I think about is that it, since it is the place where we most often connect with people we love, like I know we probably all have the experience of no matter where you start out, if you have people in your house, everybody always ends up in the kitchen, right? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. So I feel like because we connect with people we love there, we need to bring our best self and keep it Mm -hmm. more single-purposed. But I don't know. You you may enlighten me here. But maybe also kind of a compromise would be letting the kitchen and the living area merge because Mm -hmm. it's a gathering space and it is where we... Sometimes called the great room, right? Exactly, the Mm -hmm. great room. And just, I guess, embrace that and let that happen. And then also focus on the individualized spaces for their individual needs, like the craft Mm -hmm. room and the office space or what have you. Well, I guess, too, when you talk about the larger and larger kitchen, um, I feel like the most important thing isn't the size of your kitchen, but how you feel when you're there, right? Absolutely. That's, yeah. It's really important to feel um, comfortable in your space and to be able to utilize it for its purpose. And while its purpose may be multifunctional, um, it all comes down to in the end. That how the, you feel. The, well, to how you feel. And, and in the end, a kitchen is for cooking and right. food preparation. So let's get into so, the practical stuff. Yeah. So how do we remove some chaos from the kitchen and make it feel... Uh, a little less maybe multifunctional all at once. And um, I think that one of the first things that I notice when I look at real estate listings 
is that the kitchen seemed to be almost bare. Mm. And I think the reason is for that, or the re- <laughs> the reason for that is that it appeals to us. And yeah, we, that minimalist that. look. Yeah, yeah. So where all the gadgets are on the counter in our homes that we're actually living in, we look at these homes and they maybe have a microwave. And that's about it. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, if even that, because a lot of the time now we're seeing microwaves built in, we're seeing them um, over the stove, we're seeing them in the um, under the counter as a microwave drawer. That's mm-hmm. my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, but only things that you really use every single day are the ones that you ought to have out. Absolutely, absolutely. Because things that you don't use, I mean, there's so many things from the kitchen that we use Rarely or only like once a year for a holiday. And all that can be like somewhere else, out of sight, up on a high shelf. Um, But I think you're right. A lot of people have stuff all over their counters that they don't even use. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And we look at these spaces. We look at these listings. We're like, oh, this is so beautiful. And maybe we just need to take a minute to step back and look at our own kitchens and look at all the gadgets we have out and say to ourselves, do I use that every day? I mean, maybe the bread machine is heavy and you don't want to pull it out. Mm-hmm. But if you only use it once a week, pull it out. Or the ice cream maker. <laughs> you use it like two times all summer right. or whatever. Right. But yeah, those are heavy, those machines. Yeah, they are. They are. It's heavy. And I understand that. And there are actually, um, I've designed kitchens lately where particularly mixers, the mixers are really heavy. So we have a mixer built um a mixer lift up built oh, into yeah. the cabinet. It's like a spring so, thing. Yeah, it's spring loaded. Cool. And those are, they're fancy schmancy, but they're well worth it. Yeah. No, well wait, though. It. Before we get into the declutter side, what about cleaning? Shouldn't we address that? Oh, yes. Oh, how did I even. How could you forget cleaning? How did cleaning? I forget cleaning? So, yeah, first step before, you know, before even trying to remove things and, and organize your space, um, clean your kitchen. Um, and I find that in my own home, with two little boys, cleaning the kitchen is a 24-7 chore. It never <laughs> It never ends. So when I get really overwhelmed, I just focus on the sink and the counters. And mm-hmm. just if I can clear that off, if I can clear out the sink and wipe down the counters, that alone makes the space feel so much bigger, cleaner. Right. And it takes five minutes. I know. I'm constantly doing that. I have a not-so-little boy that I clean up after. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, poor guy. <laughs> Our poor husbands are going to get a lot of trouble on this show. <laughs> so we cleaned, we've decluttered, and then what's the next step? Next is um, zoning. Mm-hmm. And it, it sounds really complicated, and it can be complicated, I'm not going to lie, especially when you're planning a new space. Um, but this this is absolutely something that can be done in any home, in any kitchen, whether it's built, whether it's being built. And it's a major part of my job when I design kitchens. I take it very seriously in kitchen planning. And the idea is that an area is delegated for each type of activity. So the categories that I use for zoning are consumables, non-consumables, preparation, cleaning, and cooking. Hmm. Yeah, that's good because it's not too many. I think if you start getting into way too many categories – it starts getting too complicated, but that seems like a manageable right. number. Right. Well, the focus is, I mean, we have to focus first off on what the kitchen really is mainly, what its main purpose is, which is food preparation. Mm-hmm. And um, any of those extra multitasking type activities that are happening in the kitchen, those come in after the fact and, and 
play into the zoning later. And are there is there any overlap with these? I mean, I no, know in a um, perfect world. In an, right. In an ideal solution, no two zones overlap. And mm. it's really nice to, so if you're looking at your space in a floor plan view, if you're able to sketch it out and, <clears throat> excuse me, um, delineate each space, then your upper cabinets and your lower cabinets, everything should line up and be this, I mean, I, you can use colored pens, highlighters, whatever you need to be able to zone it out and divide up these spaces. But ideally, they won't overlap. And honestly, and even sometimes in new kitchens, they have to overlap. Mm, I was going to um, say, a zone is a zone is a zone. But exactly. then there's real life. Yeah, so. <laughs> exactly, exactly. But you have to start from that if you ever want to have any organization at all. Right. Yeah, it's it's a great place to start. It helps um, plan it all out, and and sometimes I mean I'll I'll do the zoning plan. I think it's perfect. It's wonderful, and then I start drawing out the the reality of it and getting everything to scale. And and sometimes it just doesn't work the way I'd love it to. Mm-hmm. And what's really important is that a kitchen works, is that it functions. So that can guide us and get things started. Yeah. And I when I worked as an organizer, I was always amazed how many people would have things that should go together in completely different parts of the kitchen. Like instead of having their coffee filters and coffee related items <laughs> right near the coffee maker, mm-hmm. the coffee maker would be on one side of the room and all that other stuff would be on the other side of the room. <laughs> I mean, it's like, don't you think it should all go together? The first right. principle of organizing is like with like. And I think that, I think that, well, that makes perfect sense. Yeah. I think that one of the things in this can probably happen with designers as well, is that if we get down and we get really caught up in the zoning, that can happen. Mm -hmm. Because um, the way that my zones are broken down, I think that I've got um, coffee in non-consumables. We have cutlery dishes, coffee dishes, glasses, dessert bowls, plastic containers, and less frequently used electric appliances. Um, And then so we, we notice that there are coffee dishes in there. And then I think, where do I have preparation, is it? Um, There's another location, consumables. Consumables, of Mm. course, is where I actually put the coffee. So it seems kind of silly if consumables aren't right next to non-consumables to have the coffee and then have the coffee dishes maybe (laughs) across the room. And that's why sometimes we need to break the rules. Right, <laughs> and, true. And but I think it also speaks to this whole idea of mindfulness, too. That's why, I think that's why so many people would live the way I just described mm-hmm. and not even think about it, not even notice it. Like, it just never occurred to them. Like, mm-hmm. this makes no sense. <laughs> but they're doing it every day, walking all the way across the room. So coming back to that whole idea of mindfulness and also why it's really crucial to check in with yourself and know what you want as an individual. Because we're talking about general rules of thumb here, but it is really individual. And um, I think mm-hmm. being that the kitchen is a place we spend so much time, um, and like I said, so much time with people that we truly care about, you better make sure one of those people is yourself. So if you really yeah. care about yourself, yes. you need to check in, slow down, all of that. And I feel like that's the cleaning zone is a really important zone for that. Yeah, <laughs> and, and you also have to think about um, how what you enjoy using in your kitchen. I mean, I really enjoy baking, but I don't do a lot of baking. So, mm. so it's something to think about, you know, what, what do you actually do in this space? What do you enjoy to do? And how can you lay it out so that it's um, appealing to 
both, really. That's mm. It's working for what you want it to do and what you need it to do. And the more people there are in the family, the more challenging, of course, that's this all true. is. But I have to say something here when you're talking about individual likes about plastic containers. Yes, I know. Emily does not like I plastic containers. I don't know about you, but I detest plastic storage containers. I think everyone should have their stuff in labeled clear plastic jars. That's just my pet peeve. You mean clear, glass jars, you mean? Yeah, I'm sorry. You clear said, glass yeah, okay. jars. Um, <laughs> so that's just my pet peeve. But if you do use plastic, please, please make sure you don't have more than you need and that there is a matching lid for every oh container. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> you would hate my kitchen so much. So my many people storage. have like 40 oh, containers yeah, and 10 lids or the opposite. No, I have the opposite. I have yeah. 40 lids and like 10 right. containers. It's like. Take the time to plastic. go through the <laughs> First of all, just throw them all out or recycle them. I am, I am really ready to throw them all out, except that now the plastic containers <laughs> for sending the kids off to school with, mm. I get a little bit nervous about sending them off with glass ones. Or you could have those um, Indian lunch buckets that are made out of metal. That's true. And they I have seen... all those latchable yeah, things. Yeah. <laughs> Their kids would probably be so embarrassed. They would be. No, they'd love it. Are you kidding? <laughs> those are cool. I they forget what you it. call them. I have one in storage. Well, I'm I'll give it of, to like, you the when bento I get boxes. my stuff. <laughs> Ooh, okay. <laughs> so, so it is, it's important to think about the activities that dominate your space. And I think that you need to create a hierarchy of these activities to make sure that they work together the way that they need to do. Um, my own example is that most of my time spent in my kitchen is preparing dinner or and assembling my kids' meals for school mm-hmm. and cleaning. Like I said, I love to bake with the kids, but unfortunately, um, I don't have a lot of spare time to be able to bake with them. No. But I'm curious, do you, I'm just wondering because my husband and I do this, do you find yourself and your husband finding certain roles in terms of like yes. you make a certain meal every day he makes a certain meal every day yeah except for that it's always me oh you do everything <laughs> okay because i am the He's breakfast mad at me for saying that one too <laughs> i'm the breakfast person always sometimes mm-hmm. lunch but dinner is always my husband it's yeah. funny how you fall into these i make roles. all the meals really he does the dishes and how about, after dinner. i was gonna say how about cleaner he does the dishes after dinner. okay because yeah. i do the dishes after my husband makes dinner and, and i make a mess he's very messy I, yeah <laughs> Actually, Rachel and my husband have a lot in common. We do. <laughs> I am. I'm a very messy cook, and I, I tend to – it drives him crazy. He follows me around while I'm cooking, and he'll clean things up behind oh. me. And he'll be like, I'm not done with that. Right. You, get out of here. Yeah, see, I'm more like your husband. And my husband's <laughs> nickname in his family was Platts. Platts. Be- because he used to use every platter in the house <laughs> when he made a meal. <laughs> So he actually has a niece who never calls him anything but Platts. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Yeah. So, 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 yeah, thinking about the way that we use these spaces, my hierarchy begins with cooking, preparation, and cleaning. And I make sure that everything supports that in my kitchen plan. Mm-hmm. And then I also absolutely incu- include a little baking station because it is important to me. And whether or not I have enough time to do it right now it's something that I clearly, if it's important to me, I need to make time to do it. Yeah, I like the idea of having a baking station. Yeah, I do have a little baking station. And, and actually, the way that my house was built right now, um, and the way that I'm currently using my space, because I'm using a, a space that needs to, it needs a remodel really bad. <laughs> but it's got a really um, old baking station. It was designed to be a baking kitchen. Oh, 
And it's got a low baking counter for rolling out the dough. Oh, cool. It's got this really cool tilt-out cabinet that was meant to store flour. Yeah, isn't there a piece of furniture called something that, it's like a baker's cabinet, like a but there's a specific or... name. Oh, it's not the same as a Hoosier, I don't think. Do you know what a Hoosier is? Yeah, I know a Hoosier. Yeah, that's I different. Don't... Yeah. There's... Maybe it's just a baker's cabinet. I don't yeah. know. I think there's... there are old This is one of those things of that equipment. I should know as a designer, and I, yeah. I just, I don't. Well, you can look it up. <laughs> I can tell you all about um, uh, Louis XIV's design style okay. and, <laughs> and chamoiserie. <laughs> but no, I don't know all the different types of furnishings. Well, speaking of the kids, I have another idea for mm-hmm. you. I don't know if you lo- if you would like this, but um, or it could really be done with any group in the family. It doesn't have to be kids. But I think it's especially fun with kids if you have a pantry clean-out dinner once a month or so. Mm-hmm. Because you know how you're always buying stuff? that you think you don't have, but you really have it. You go to the store and you're yep. like, oh, I think we're out of rice. Then you come home and you have like five bags of rice. So, <laughs> so <laughs> because that, so that happens so often, um, I think it's great. To, it's a great way to keep the pantry organized to have this little project once a month yeah. where everybody helps clean it out and reorganize it. You figure out what you have in there that you had no idea you have, and then you decide what you can make <laughs> like for dinner the, that the night. the confiscated toys that are yeah. hiding in the pantry. Right. <laughs> yeah. So it can be really fun. Like if you play music and yeah. you know, make it into a fun family project. Yeah, that that's a fun family project. We also do leftover Fridays or something. We haven't decided what day, but toward mm-hmm. the end of the week, we all have, we clean out the refrigerator with leftovers. Right. Yeah. Um, which important. is along the same lines, but... Obviously, you can't let the kitchen, the refrigerator sit for a month. No, no. It needs to be cleaned out. Yes, I remember seeing an article about it, um, or it was more like a cartoon of somebody's office refrigerator, and people were being carried out on stretchers because they they had let, you know how office refrigerators just get really gross? They get really nasty. Like nobody remembers that they leave stuff in there, and they turn into science projects. It was funny, but hopefully we that's, don't. That's we don't you, do that in our That's when you kind of hope that you have that that office person who steals other people's foods. Yeah. Oh seen yes. <laughs> oh boy. I had, a, there was a huge scoot. thing once over baby bell cheese. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and that then, nasty stuff up to the front and let them steal that. And then what happened was months <laughs> later, the baby bell cheeses were found down in the back <laughs> bottom of the refrigerator. Oh, no. So the woman had to apologize to everyone for accusing them of stealing her. cheese. Jeez. <laughs> but we digress. Oh, that is awesome. I love it. <laughs> yes, we digress. Always, always. That's that's what we do. <laughs> so I think that um, an important thing to think about with the zones and the planning is that this works really great for your basic purposes, but then when you bring in the second secondary activities, it gets really tricky. Mm-hmm. So we do have to make sure that we lay out those primary zones, but then also consider is your kitchen your office? Do the kids do homework here? Um, make sure that these activities are easy to do in this space. If the kids are going to always do homework at the kitchen bar, then make sure there's a drawer there where they can keep their homework supplies. Or um, even, a, you know, in the dining room, we've been talking about, my husband and I are planning to put in a, a storage bench and have a, a little breakfast nook with a, a bench seating on one side. We've got a small dining room, so this will help us can use that space more efficiently. Hmm. But then also if the bench opens up and we store all the kids' craft supplies in there. Right. So they're out of sight when you don't feel like looking at the clutter, but they're right there. Exactly. And then they're sitting at the kitchen table, which is where they do all their crafting. Mm -hmm. And 
Well, I like no, so two birds this, with one stone. A lot of people probably won't go for this one, but okay. if people were willing to give this a try, I really like the idea of kind of thinking of the kitchen as a sacred space in the sense that you don't let any personal digital devices. No, I agree with that. Yeah. I think that that's... Particularly a, at the din- dining or, room table, but right, even in the kitchen. No, absolutely not at the dining room table. That is right. prohibited right. in our house. I think that should be um, always the way. But in the kitchen, I think that, I, you know, I, I'm okay with having a little charging station or something like that, having a place that's designated for those electronics, mm-hmm. because I think a lot of the time we use our iPads for recipes and right, true. things like that. Yeah. So I think that that would be acceptable, but I like the idea of um, they have these charging stations and, and these little, um, it's almost like a cookbook holder for your iPad that mm. can slide out and plug it in and then you slide it away so that it's really, that's what it's meant to be used for is right. just for your recipes. So that can be really convenient. Yeah. I'm thinking mostly of like, and once again, not to bash my husband, but <laughs> he, he's gotten into the habit of, you know, staring at the New York Times while he's eating breakfast. And I'm like, honey, I think we should not have these devices yeah. in front of us. It goes back to sitting and reading the newspaper at the table, doesn't I it? I know. It's the same thing. But yeah, there's just something about the electronic devices. They shouldn't yeah. be there. I mean, I used to be a member of, not just a member, but a leader of Slow Food, if you've heard of that. Have you heard of Slow Food? I've heard of it, yeah. Yeah. It's a movement that actually started in Italy. In, I forget when, maybe the 80s. And it was a pushback for when the first uh, McDonald's was opening in Rome. So obviously the name, slow food, opposite of fast food. Mm -hmm. But it's an international movement. But I do really love the idea of when you're eating a meal, especially when you're with other people. That you shouldn't be looking at, right, <laughs> at right. a device. And you should be savoring the food, and especially for one, at least one meal a day. Yes, at, at a bare minimum, at least for one meal a day. I think that occasionally we have um, on the weekends we'll have lunch, and we have lunch scattered where one of us is eating lunch, and the other two are playing, and another one is cleaning. And I think it, in that kind of instance, yeah, go ahead. Have to, there has to be Read some flexibility. Or, yeah. So, but yeah, like you said, when you're sitting down with your family. Focus on your family. Right. Focus on your loved ones and let it, let it be that space that that's what it's for. Yeah, I think there's almost nothing more sad than being out at a restaurant and seeing a family and everybody is looking at their phone. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> you know, there's nothing that drives me nuts more than I see the Facebook post where people are checking in at the restaurant with their date and they took a picture of their dinner. I'm like, what are you doing? Talk to your date. <laughs> we don't care what you're eating. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, that's pretty. Talk to your date. Right. <laughs> but with any of these kind of changes, it's also like anything. It's important to remember to start small. Because if you feel like you're like going from A to Z with right. these huge changes in your usual habits, you probably won't succeed. Which goes back to our first episode. Baby steps. Right. Take your baby steps. Baby steps are really important. Yes. And just, you know, not being too hard on yourself, just going like, oh, that takes a long time to unlearn that habit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, they are habits. And I mean, it's like any habit. They have to be broken and it takes time. And right. if you're really hard on yourself, you'll just feel like giving up and you'll it'll just you'll backfire. never do it. Yeah, it'll backfire entirely. Um, and then I think in the end, we just want to return to how we want to feel in our space and consider that in the way of color, decor, even the way that scent is used. Um, because so many activities happen here. The kitchen should be a place of convenience. I think that I've told people before that when designing spaces, we can think of ways to slow ourselves down and stop, um, like in an entryway, not putting a, a, a 
furniture piece that is at waist height so that you can easily unload and Mm -hmm. drop off your keys. Instead, putting a nice long, low bench that makes you stop and think about what you're doing before you unload it all. Right. In the kitchen, I, I like to say, go ahead and make it easy. Make it convenient because you're doing a lot of activities. You're doing it all at once. And, I mean, even cooking a meal... You're thinking, when you're cooking a meal, you're multitasking. You're Mm -hmm. oftentimes cooking three or four dishes at once. So I really love the idea of vertical storage, too, because anything that's on a horizontal surface will end up getting piled. Yes. But, like, if you have knives that are on a vertical magnetic Mm -hmm. strip or whatever, there's lots of ways you can do Mm -hmm. it. But any way you can have things vertical, I think, helps a lot to keep the counters more clear. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Hanging the um, pots and pans on the side of the cabinet or Mm -hmm. utilize all of that space. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And then that whole thing about the slowing down. I mean, it's just so important here. I think it's important for everything, but Mm -hmm. especially here, just taking the time to set it up in a way that really resonates for you and making sure that, you know, ask yourself questions. Like, do do I like it this way? Do I not? Mm -hmm. You know, instead of just feeling like you're fulfilling somebody else's vision. Um, Because, you know, we live our lives at warp speed pretty much. Mm -hmm. So it's a process that can actually be enjoyed because it's so different. You know, like we are doing everything else so fast that it's really a pleasure when you do slow down. And and then the rewards are so awesome. Right. And I think that, and I should backtrack a little bit. When I say that a kitchen needs to be convenient because we are moving at warp speed, um, it needs to be convenient so that you can slow down Mm -hmm. and be in the moment so Mm -hmm. that you're not feeling frazzled and running from one place to the next to try and figure out, you know, the flowers on this side of the room and the the knives that I need are hidden in the bottom drawer. And Right. When you have it all figured out and it's the way you like it, then you can really enjoy it Mm -hmm. and slow down. So it all works together. Every task should not be a burden. It shouldn't overwhelm us. No, no burdens. Well, I guess we can't say no burdens. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think we've kind of covered kitchens, at least for now. We have. And always let us know if you have any questions. I mean, I can, I'd be happy to talk to people in more detail about the zoning. I, I did write an article for the Vashon Loop a while back for anyone who may have seen it that actually broke down the zones and let them know how to do that. But I'm happy to answer that or share that article if anyone's interested. Yeah, and we definitely are always interested in hearing people's other challenges around these kinds of issues. And I think the kitchen, both because it is used the most and because it's used for so many Mm -hmm. purposes, it it might really be the most challenging room in the house. I think so. Well, it definitely is in, in regards to design. Right. So... Yeah, it's compl- it's more complicated than the other rooms. Yes, and they're, they're very personalized spaces. I mean, they really, when you're designing, when I'm designing, when you're designing a kitchen, when I'm designing a kitchen, <laughs> I'm always thinking about how people are using it, and it's how that particular occupant is using it. I design it for them. So that it's got to get complicated because you move into a home, if you can't remodel your kitchen, mm-hmm. you're living with how the previous owner needed to use it or whoever remodeled it or built it. Right. And what are the odds that it's going to match your style and what you like? Not too high. (laughs) Yeah. So doing that zoning is a nice way of breaking it down and and utilizing what you have in a way that makes it work for you. Yeah. I love the zones. It's so important. I get in the zone. (laughs) (laughs) All right. All right. Well, that was a lovely little chat. Yeah. And we very much look forward to talking to all of you very soon. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. If you'd like to reach Rachel Waldron, go to waldrondesigns.com.
And for Emily Herrick, E-M-I-L-Y-H-E-R-R-I-C-K-Yoga.com. And this is where we sign out. Remember, your inner space reflects your outer space. So make make it it your oasis. oasis. I'm Emily Herrick. And I'm Rachel Waldron. Thanks Thanks for for traveling traveling with us to Inner inner space. Space.